This is a GRDC podcast. GRDC currently has around $7.5 million invested in six sorghum research projects, as well as other projects in which sorghum is one of a number of crops being studied. Some of that investment is looking at sorghum agronomy across a range of management options from early sowing to row spacing. I caught up with two of those researchers, Trevor Philp, who's a summer grains agronomist with Pacific Seeds, and Dr Joe Eyre, a research fellow with the Centre for Crop Science at the Queensland Alliance for Agriculture and Food Innovation, or COFI. We sat down one very hot day under a tree at the Pacific Seeds Research Facility at Gatton, where I began by asking Trevor if improving yield underpinned his sorghum research right now. Yeah, yields pay the bills, but obviously we need yield and reliability. Uh, the environment is more variable as we go forward, so we're looking at stress tolerance and yield and quality as well. I think that gets forgotten a lot about is the quality of the sorghum we're trying to supply. So broadly, yield is still king. What about from your point of view, Joe? Yes, certainly yield is, is the driver. We do want to focus on describing the downside risk. And that's where our models, AppSim model, has been used widely to describe how our choice of hybrid in a specific environment with a specific management package can both maintain and increase the yield gains while maintaining a low downside risk. Okay, well, let's narrow down now to the specific research that you've been doing. So, Trevor, you're in the second year of some trials that go fairly across south-east Queensland. How have you sort of staged those trials and what are you looking for specifically there? Yeah, we've uh, run trials from central Queensland all the way through to Liverpool Plains. Like you said, it was our second year this year. So we're looking at comparing narrow row or traditional row spacing at each farm with narrow row, in this case it's uh, 50 centimetre row spacing. What are you looking for there? Uh, We're really looking for two things. One is weed control, so we're trying to improve weed control by having better crop competition with a narrow row. And also we want to look at the fallow efficiency following the sorghum crop. So we're looking for more cover, more stubble, um, and hope to fit that into the system a lot better. OK, well, uh, one year's results is not, not a lot, but uh, give us an idea of what happened last year. It was a pretty hard finish as well. Yeah, it was a very tough year. Uh, I had a very good start. In general, the crops look fantastic all the way through to flowering. We saw no yield impacts from a 100 centimetre, 75 centimetre to 50 centimetre row, which was our narrow row. So we saw no impact on quality or yield until we got under the three tonne to the hectare. So in those areas where we would normally go with a wide row or a skip row, the 50 centimetre rows perform poorly in those situations. And this year's trials, are you looking at the same things? Yeah, we are. We're changing things a little bit. We're testing a faster hybrid with less tillers, still tillers a little bit with plant population as well to see what effect more plants will have. Uh, Can we sustain more plants with a faster hybrid compared to that medium hybrid? Joe, you're just getting back to your trials now and and talking about tillers. You've been looking at low-tillering plants. Why is that? So there's been a concerted effort over nearly 30 years to look at controlling the water use pre-flowering in sorghum to maintain yield and quality at flowering and post-flowering, so minimising those those hard finishes. 
So what we did in uh, GRDC-funded tactical agronomy program across similar regions to Trevor is to compare commercially available hybrids against a an older check, the MR Buster, as well as some of the new material, a, a low tillering check hybrid that is from the pre-breeding program. And we use that at a range of population densities across Orion, uh, Pampas, Warwick and Warra. And we found that there are slight changes in the propensity to tiller that are coming through in the commercial material. We didn't change row spacing, but this research will show the type of hybrid that would fit into a narrower row space trial because as you reduce the row spacing and maintaining the same population, you will increase the space between individual plants. And we found that some of those older hybrids will only stop tillering when the plant to plant space is less than 10 centimetres. However, the more modern and the Czech hybrids coming out of the pre-breeding program were stopping tillering when the plant space was 25 centimetres apart. Now that will change with environment, so if you have cooler conditions, lots of nutrient, lots of water and high amount of radiation, those absolute thresholds will change. However, that relative trend that we found in our trials will inform future crop design. So the matching of management and hybrid for a given environment and cropping system. So are you saying, Joe, then that in the future, these lower tillering plants or lower tillering hybrids uh, might find a place in farming systems, as you say? Yes, there's been a lot of work in the pre-breeding space and with crop models that demonstrate that, especially in those harsher environments that Trevor had mentioned, the less than three tonne yield potential, there is reduction in the risk with very good yields with a low tillering hybrid. What we want to do is to explore how we can manage those material that is also very drought tolerant across a wider range of environments does that require the narrow row spacing, higher population density? And that is part of the research we were doing that we found in the high yielding environment, so up to 10 tonnes, high population density with the low tillering material could maintain yields equal to the high tillering, medium maturing varieties. It seems that there's so many variables in this and that it's quite complex in making a, a decision about and then you've got the season, what sort of season it's going to be. How does a grower make that decision, Joe, as to what hybrid to grow and you know what row spacing? Is there going to be or is there now or is there going to be a simple way of doing that? I don't think there's ever going to be a simple way and we do know that there is cycling of hybrids so what we would like to do and we are moving towards this is to continue to interrogate our data sets with different tools then we try and simplify it with data mining techniques and develop decision trees that can enable farmers to identify the yield target they are likely to target and then to choose those types of management and hybrid combinations to maximise yield within that environment. 
Trevor, just coming back to you, where do you think the research is going in terms of hybrids? Is it going to go to that low tillering or is it going to be sort of still in that medium? I think we've got to explore all our options. In the past we haven't really had a no tillering or very low tillering hybrid to do trials with. So you have modelling and it points towards some results, but until you've actually got well adapted material with those traits, it's really hard to tell whether it's going to work or it's not going to work. I think we've got such a diverse environment and this will be the challenge. We will need, still need higher tillering, high yielding, longer season hybrids and we also need short season, no tillering, really tough drought tolerant. The challenge for the Australian market is it's not a big market. So can seed companies have and keep hybrids for all of these environments and the lead up to the season is really important on which type we need. So a grower might say, oh, it's going to be a really good year that's the type of hybrid I want and that's the type of management I'm going to go with. But, you know, are we going to keep seed for all of these environments in the quantity that growers need to, to make this successful? Which is probably leads back to Joe's comment on can we make some of these tougher hybrids better in the better years, which takes out a lot of the risk to account for those variability. But I think we will still have to have all sorts of types and to cope with what growers want to do. So, GRDC has now extended the sorghum agronomy program for a further five years. We will continue to work with the existing commercial material for the first few years. We have also a desire to work with the pre-breeding team to produce hybrids of a common genetic background with trait diversity in the likes of tillering and maturity so we can can repeat these multi-environment trials with a common genetic background across a wider range of environments and managements and further interrogate this where and when the specific traits and management will best fit for specific markets or specific cropping systems and what proportion of the industry will require which type of package that will enable the commercial companies to better inform the production of seed for specific packages. So Trevor, would that make it easy for companies like yourselves? Yeah, it will. The better lead time we've got on what the environment's doing and what hybrids and management work, the better. The challenge for us will be the last five seasons, as an example, have been very, very tough and you see certain hybrids working really well. Uh, even though it's a breeding program, we'll be testing hybrids in better seasons and then when we go to release, we can have a five-year run that completely wrecks those hybrids and they will ne- that we release them and they don't do well. So we have this years of cycles. We might have five good years and all the long maturity, high-yielding varieties will do really well and all the quicker ones will do poorly. So we still have that challenge and I think that's why we'll need a diverse array of hybrids to make growers be able to take the chances that they need to take, I guess. One of the things you were looking at, as you have said, is fallow efficiency. Do you have any results of that and what are those results uh, telling you or your observations telling you? We don't have any results yet, but it's an important part of the work going forward. What we want to test and what we think will happen, and I mean it's covered in, and Joe's going to talk about it in modelling and in other crops obviously, that if we can increase our cover, we're going to increase our infiltration, hopefully reduce our evaporation a little bit, still compete with weeds even in the fallow. I mean, if we've got a nice early crop of sorghum, we're going to have cover there to catch that summer rainfall and potentially fill up for a double crop chickpea or, or just start the fallow off 
on, on the right foot, I guess. I suspect that we will increase our fallow efficiency quite a bit by increasing cover. What's it look like now? 100 centimetre and 75 centimetre row spacing in sorghum is very efficient at capturing water. And we often find under sorghum fallows, the next summer we've got half a profile or more of moisture compared to other crops like cotton that we, we do accumulate a lot of water. We're cutting it pretty high, we've got nice tall stubble and generally it can be quite a lot. Average probably five up to ten tonne of, of dry matter on those paddocks. So it's very efficient already. And I think if we can add more cover there, we're obviously just going to improve that from there. Joe, how would the lower tillering varieties uh, work in, in terms of fallow efficiency? When you reduce the number of tillers, there's going to be less biomass. So it will need a change in the whole package of, of managing those genetics in each environment, which may require reducing the row spacing, increasing the population density to maintain that cover for the cropping intensity and farm profits. This work is also working with early sowing of sorghum research and that is similarly showing that having that good cover of sorghum residue on the surface at the beginning of the storms, those very intensive rainfall events, you have a much more efficient and shorter fallow so that you can for example, in Warra, taking a crop off around Christmas time, there is 80% chance of double cropping into chickpea because of that great surface cover. Uh, whereas if you wait for the t traditional planting window and you're harvesting towards the end of February, it's reducing your frequency of double cropping down to about 20% of years. Trevor, as you've said, it can be a pretty high-risk venture, you know, with hard finishes and lack of rainfall during the crop and so on. That downside risk of uh, growing sorghum, does that make growers just a tad more conservative than perhaps they should be? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think the downside risk, probably we haven't explained it well enough and we can't predict it accurately enough is probably the big problem has really made Australian growers very conservative and, and understandably so. It's Like you said, it's a, it's a gamble sometimes and we don't know what's going to happen in the future. So they, they basically take the safest option, which you can't blame them, but we're leaving a lot of value in the paddock. Tools for weather prediction are getting better and we know a lot more about the hybrids and the management. Uh, and as Joe said, that's getting better as well. And I think we can take advantage of those improvements if we can give the growers the confidence to do it. And we've got to be accurately predict the downside so they can say, oh, that's my risk, that's my upside, I'm happy to take that risk. That was Trevor Philp. Trevor is a summer grains agronomist with Pacific Seeds at Gatton in Queensland. And we were sitting down with Dr Joe Eyre, a research fellow with the Centre for Crop Science at the Queensland Alliance for Agriculture and Food Innovation, based in Toowoomba. Mm -hmm.